0: as you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell you will see through the fog a bend in reality a veil that is beyond your own comprehension it's the other side beyond the void
1: And welcome back to Beyond the Void
2: Horror Podcast.
1: That's right. It's episode 311.
2: Beautiful disaster.
1: <laughs> 311. The people. What's up? The people. It's a, it's a band reference, by the way, guys. You know, for us old folks who like rap rock,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> which I talked about in one of, my, one of my fucking reviews, I think, on YouTube here oh, recently. You? Uh, so if you guys have been following along, you know, I did a few things on YouTube over the break. It has been a long time, and this week we are going to be doing the best movies of 2022. Yes, we're a couple of weeks later than most everybody else who likes to jump the gun and do it in like November 1st, but it's like, dude, there's so many movies that come out like in November and December even still. I was like, no way. Right. And I, and I like to like at least give as many movies as a chance as I possibly can. And boy, did I.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Good God, you know how hard it was to do with my fucking sleep thing that's going on, guys. It was insane. But Christina's back. I'm back. We're glad to have you guys back. Thank you for coming back. And we hope that you share this with everyone, you know, because this is a big episode. This is a culmination of efforts across an entire year's worth of work. So if you could, please share this with your friends on your timeline on your Twitter, wherever you can. It really does go a long way to help us out. I would greatly appreciate it, but we hope you had a wonderful new year celebration, a whole holiday celebration as well. Hope all of that went well for you guys. Would did we have uh, some pretty good times?
2: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I, uh, I was forced to work, but then I said, I don't think so. So I use PTO. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's true. She did.
2: Fuck that shit. And then uh,
1: we almost didn't get to celebrate we, Christmas
2: because everybody, you know, came down with, with the that plague. thing that you
1: can't say or Spotify will but take it, your thing off. But yeah. it
2: ended up working out in the end. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, New Year's was good. I stayed awake until about 1 a.m. And then I fell asleep. Right. <laughs> and we watched the fireworks of the neighborhood.
1: <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. So it was a Christmas night. So Christmas night. So the day of Christmas. We were moping around and just sitting around. And then I, what did I do? I was like, now nah! I was like, we're going to play a fucking game and we're going to or what What did we do?
2: Uh,
1: Didn't we play a game or something like that? And you yeah, were like, we
2: played a card game.
1: Yeah, we played like uh, exploding kittens, the or mature something. edition. Yeah. And drank and had some food and. Man, it was a lot of interesting stuff going on. The New Year celebration wasn't all that great for us, but we we enjoy having a new year because you guys.
2: We did go see Megan.
1: Yeah, we saw Megan.
2: You did a YouTube review of.
1: Yeah, if you haven't seen that yet, you'll have to check it out there because I ain't going to tell you shit right fuck you guys I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but no seriously I'm really glad to be back it's been like weeks and weeks and weeks of a lot of work and now I need a break from the break that I took so. right and
2: we thank everyone for being patient and coming back yeah
1: if you are coming back thank you so much because this shit means the world to me
2: and also thank you to everybody who sent us gifts oh for my Christmas God. and stuff like that
1: holy shit dude we like, are very
2: blessed blessed are yeah. blessed la, la, la.
1: like a lot of people everywhere like it was really nice uh ryan random viewer plemke
0: mm-hmm.
1: um some of our friends here like you know our family members you know we got some amazon gift cards from them and we've just been buying a lot of movies that didn't even get here until recently so this next haul is going to be huge by the way so thank mm-hmm. you guys for helping supply our <laughs> episodes going forward because we have a lot to do in fact we already know what we're going to do for our next week's episode and it involves <laughs> aliens. An
2: ambulance? Yeah.
1: <laughs> aliens driving ambulances. Oh, cool. very specific.
0: Cool. <laughs>
1: No, that'd be funny, though, if there was actually more than one movie. Right. (laughs) But yeah, no, we've uh, been pretty good. Uh, One of our friends did come into town, Nick did, and uh, he's Mm going to be joining us in February for a talk about Terrifier 2, because I know a lot of you guys have been asking me about what I thought about Terrifier 2. And it may or may not be on this this year's list. We'll have to find out. But in either case, we're going to watch Terrifier 1 and 2 with Nick. In February, mm-hmm. I think break it's
2: like, it and break it down. Yeah, we're
1: going to break it down. Give our thoughts. Me and Nick uh, do not agree on much at all.
2: Uh, <laughs> right. You don't. We
1: have a lot of similar humor. Um, and Nick was one of my first podcast people that I worked with. In fact, uh, we had a show called The Unknown Podcast, which their episodes are still up. You know, um, we had done The Last Circus. Uh, we also did uh, Ponty Pool.
2: Attack the Block. And Attack the Block that was, was the last episode. one. That was a good episode.
1: So, like, Nick and I have our theories about what each of these things mean. This is, we're talking, like, 10 years ago. But
2: oh, yeah.
1: it's still pretty cool, and uh, we had a really good time doing it. So Nick has not returned to the podcast with me for quite a while. Um, so we're going to have him on. So hopefully um, he is still down to do that. I'm pretty sure he is because we had very different opinions on Terrifier 2. <laughs> One of us thought it was, like, fried gold. Uh, as uh some people would put it and uh, others thought it was just okay so i won't say Great. what but you'll figure it out uh anything else you want to share that we want to share what we're going to do this year or anything
2: yeah we're going to do some podcasts we're going to talk about some movies okay we're gonna watch some movies we're going to collect some movies yeah we're going to go to the theater more yes gonna- that's another
1: thing that we talked about we, you know, we're going to try to go to the theater more to do more newer movies on the show because we don't do that as much anymore and we really feel like we should, you know, right. we'll do like one movie and then we'll talk about that one movie for that one episode. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But do it at least once a month. Right. So that it's not just old movies, but also we're going to be doing a lot of trashy films like we always do, like a lot of really bad 80s And, like, underground indie splatter films this year. We do have a couple of franchises in mind for this year. Um, I did just pick up Final Destination. I may wait until the new movie comes out to, like, time it with that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because I think it's this year that the new one's coming out, right? I don't know. We might do Scream. We'll see. That's also going to be on.
2: They're
1: going to be putting out the sixth one this year, right?
2: Right, because you know, the other one came out last year, which
1: I still haven't even seen because I want to watch all the other ones just to make sense of it all. I don't know. <laughs> you're yeah,
2: you're not too motivated to do it. And then
1: there's the third franchise that we've been wanting to do that I've been talking about for literally two years now. And what we,
2: Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah.
1: So I don't know. Let me know what your guys thoughts are on all of that. And uh, before we get into this, 20 films of 2022 the best of horror and believe me by the way guys i have to preface this well i'll save it for when we get into the into the whole thing but we'll we'll explain it in a little bit but just uh really glad to have you guys back i hope that uh you're glad to be here and we might as well just kick it off with what we always do which is
0: horror shots
2: Yeah, we got a horse shot this year.
1: Yeah, no shit. Coming
2: in strong. Yeah,
1: we uh, we decided to pick up a, a TikTok favorite, I think. Just yeah. something different, you know, that we wanted to try. And I don't know if we did it right, so it may not taste good at all. But I'm we'll pretty see. sure you're supposed to use an entire Corona and a little De Sereno. So, like a whole thing of it.
2: I don't know. I, I saw people using the bottles of De Sirona, So Really? De How do you say it? I don't
1: even know anymore. You got oh, well, me all whatever. fouled up.
2: <laughs> yeah, the armoretto.
1: <laughs> so this isn't based off any one film. So we're just going to be doing two different, vastly different ingredients, which is Corona and De Serrano. De Serrano. It's like a cherry flavored liquor or whatever.
2: Oh, I thought it was. the. I thought it was almond.
1: Mm, I, I don't oh, remember. It's I don't something. Know. I think it's cherry. Oh, but, okay. but when you mix these two, it's supposed to taste like Dr. Pepper.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're going to be trying that out. I gotta say it smells like bottom like a butthole so before you taste it god damn it I was gonna t- yes god damn it Christina
2: what
1: so we're gonna try it we have it here now <laughs> and we're about to try it <laughs> Jesus she's like oh I'm thirsty it's hot in here
2: <laughs> yeah for us.
1: alright All cheers so, cheers
2: my first to time, a new year to my first time taking yeah, your
1: second time, first time.
2: Mm. Kinda tastes like Dr. Pepper. It's not bad.
1: I drank the whole thing, by the way. Oof.
2: why did you do that? It's beer.
1: Is it did you pour the whole thing in
2: it? No, half. In each? Yeah, half and half.
1: Huh. I wonder if you poured more in if it would taste a little thicker.
2: I don't know here, taste my taste. No,
1: man. no, no, no. I don't like the taste of it that much. <laughs> not enough to do it again. Like, yeah, it's not like you know. Some people made it look online like it was really delicious. Like when I saw them do it, but it's yeah, okay. It's okay. I, I don't know if we did it wrong or something. Maybe but we did it wrong. I was seeing people take a you know like bottle a,
2: of Corona, like a
1: twelve ounce bottle of beer, yeah, and then pour like a shot, a full shot of Deserano in there, and uh, or like the whole like one of those little tiny bottles.
2: Right.
1: In the top. You know what I mean? Right. And then that's how they did it. So if you guys want to try it for yourself, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. Brought to you by Sears.
2: Sears. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nobody shops here anymore. Do
2: you know Macy's is going out business? <laughs> they're,
1: they're <all> <laughs> anyway, guys, I think it might be that time for us to jump into our flash and potatoes, which this week is the best horror movies of 2022. We have 20 of them. I'll break everything down for you and how I figured all this stuff out because it was a fucking nightmare. But let's get, get into it right now. now. All right, so I'm not going to spend too much time explaining this to some of you motherfuckers, but some of you get real mad. (laughs) And you take it personally when your favorite film is on here and one of these films that I enjoyed. This is a personal list for me. A lot of these movies...
2: Just Alex.
1: Literally, (laughs) like, within the same realm of the same number. They could literally be the same, like, score because there were so many movies that were close to scoring on this one we're looking at movies that were about an eight or higher. And typically, you know, I try to pick eights or 8.5s on up. Anything that I thought stood out. Now, some of these are big budget movies and some of these are indie films. So I have a, you know, scoring system that is a little, you know, it, it does its own thing because like indie films, you know, need to be put in here, in my opinion, just as much as the mainstream movies. In fact, more so than mainstream movies, because they have ample opportunity to fix mistakes, whereas little films do not. But just understand this is just my personal list. And if you don't see your movie on this list, remember sixes, sevens, they're still good movies. And I may have watched them and given them a six or seven. They're just not on this list. Okay. Okay. Christina tried to watch most of all of these movies, but she didn't feel comfortable doing a
2: breakdown.
1: A whole, like, 20 list of movies because she just does not have the time to watch anything outside of what I watch. And even Pretty the much. stuff I watch that's on YouTube, she hasn't even watched yet.
2: But there was shit that, that we didn't even watch together, but I still managed to watch. Oh, like, yeah. Like, more been. than
1: half the stuff I've seen, I watch by myself.
2: Right.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm busy, bitch, okay? Yeah,
1: she does. She works at home, and she's she's making that paper, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 she's making daddy work. Anyway, uh, so without further ado, we're going to kick it off with some of the ones that were towards the bottom, like, you know, the the lower scoring numbers um, that I still think are really great. Like I said, I I rewatch movies that are sixes, sevens all the time. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm in the mood just for a six or a seven movie. I'm not even in the mood for like a 10 out of 10, you know? So just keep that in mind going forward. There was one movie this year that was an anthology that a lot of people didn't even watch or hear of, and I thought was fantastic. I thought it was a really good use of the money that they had. That's an important thing to me when I watch indie films, by the way, which is that, you know, maybe you don't have a lot of money, but you can be smart about what you have and try to make it the best you can within the means you have. And Tiny Cinema, which was an anthology, was one of those anthology movies that I really enjoyed it had a
2: how small was it
1: it, it's it's multiple different shorts in the fucking anthology Christina oh okay and that's why they call it tiny cinema but it all kind of surrounded around some really ridiculous stories there were a couple that were better than others but for the most part all of them were fairly good Mm -hmm. the the further you get to the end it didn't seem to get better necessarily but more length i guess you could say like longer longer things but i really thoroughly enjoyed this if you're looking for something that's like really absurd has a lot of really ridiculous humor and just kind of deals with like sexual things as well as like like there's one of the one of the shorts is about a guy who meets a stranger who claims to be him in the future and then in order to save the world he has to fuck him So it's just weird shit like that. (laughs) Okay. Plus they have the guy who you remember from, uh, what's David Lynch's show that we like
2: twin peaks, twin
1: peaks, who is the little person who Mm -hmm. was in the red room. Right. Yeah. He's in here doing the like commentary between fucking, he's like the crypt keeper sort of guy, Mm -hmm. you know, saying, you know, this is tiny cinema, blah, 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 blah. and This is this episode, blah blah, blah, blah. He's sort of the, Rod Serling sort of guy that you would find in, in, you know, Twilight Zone or whatever. Murray, can you chill out? <laughs> anyway, it is up for VOD. I would love to pick a copy up for this. I really think it's worth checking out if you like anthologies. So I wish Christina would have watched it with me before the end of the year, but she didn't get to.
2: It was too small for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that is one I definitely think. The next one you're not going to believe is Two Witches.
2: Oh I, Which, I, oh,
1: I can't believe it. Oh, I can't believe it.
2: We reviewed that on the podcast.
1: Yeah, we did that as an episode with the... What was the new movie? Was the uh, 90s movie that we watched? Uh, the? Was
2: it
1: The Craft? The Craft, yeah. yes. And uh, we were really surprised by Two Witches. Christina didn't love it as much as me. Right, but it, it was a surprise to you, right? Like you yeah, it
2: was it was a surprise. It was good.
1: Yeah, so you enjoyed parts of it. You just weren't like goo goo bananas, as I recall. Right. But I think we had a pretty close to the same score on it. I think so. I think I gave it like a seven point five or an eight. I was really it was right on the cusp there, but I really felt like it needed to get uh, a, a good score. Um, I rewatched some of it a little bit and. I really enjoyed it and I love what they did with it. They were kind of going for this sort of old throwback, sort of Italian giallo style, like supernatural giallo, like the Suspiria movies or whatever, but like in a kind of funny way. And it's funny, like just recently after I was just rewatching it and I got like a notification on my phone for someone liking an old Instagram post of that episode. Mm-hmm. And I go to look and it's the director. Or it's the actual Two Witches page that liked it, but the director runs it.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And I
1: was like, hey, you know, really loved your movie. Super glad to see you have it. And they were very, very, very kind and everything and said, thank you. I'm so glad that, you know, I told him, I said, you know, we, we gave you really high marks in the episode. I really talked about it very fondly. And uh, they actually went and listened and then shared the episode and everything on their social media Mm -hmm. and they were cracking up about it. So um, thank you guys. Very excellent. Two witches movie. It's like, two different stories that kind of tie into each other this is like over the top witches so like when you see witch movies they kind of do subtle things you know Mm -hmm. this is like balls to the wall I'm gonna make you fucking strip your flesh off and then turn into a pile of mush in my hand kind of witch movie Mm
0: -hmm. which
1: is awesome okay and it's nothing like I've anything I've ever seen and I, I really highly stand behind this one I think you guys will really like it if you haven't seen it I think Arrow put it out on their um discs you can rent it for like a dollar i think still on online so just give it a shot see what you think i think you'll at least give it a seven Mm -hmm. like honestly like i feel like it's worth a shot it's definitely worth watching and uh i i'm glad to have it on the list here for this year the next one that i want to talk about a lot of people really loved and i gotta say it is refreshing and new and a different take but I didn't love it as much as everybody else. Uh-huh. Everybody was going goo-goo bananas on this one because this was like one of the last movies of the year. Uh-huh. It was in the theaters, and then it came out on VOD like right before the end of the year. hmm And so I was able to catch it, and I figured, well, you know, it fits. Okay. And that's the menu.
2: Oh, I didn't get to watch that yet. Yeah. God damn it.
1: This has Anya Taylor-Joy in it who did The Witch. Uh, She's been in a multitude of different wonderful films, like Edgar Wright's movie that he did about the girl going to that flat where she goes back in time and like takes over that girl's personality or whatever, Mm -hmm. and she's really you know living that woman's life. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? What was it called? Yeah, I just
2: can't think of the name.
1: Anyway, she's in this movie, and like uh, John Leguizamo and a bunch of other very familiar faces that you will see. It's actually a pretty fucking unique, good movie. Uh, and it even has sort of a message to it, which I won't spoil. But let's good. just, just say spoil. that the movie is better that you know nothing about it other than it's a chef who has this wonderful, very expensive menu that people pay like $1,500 a plate to go Jesus see.
2: Jesus Christ. Yeah.
1: And it's like, you know, like foamy sea moss. Is you it know, full of eggs? All kinds of stuff. <laughs> But you start to find out that there's a lot of things going on. There's more at play here. And uh, things start to become more unhinged as one of the guests is not supposed to be there. And it's sort of unraveling itself as it goes on. And it gets pretty absurd by the end of the movie, which is pretty delightful. The performances in this are fantastic. And Anna Joy is just fantastic as always. She's like the biggest starlet of on movies uh, today right when they say starlet she's probably one of the youngest but she's kicking ass man she knows how to pick these movies and they really are
2: she was so good in the queen's gambit
1: yeah i don't think this is even her best movie but i think the, the edgar wright movie might be her best right but she's good in this one right I just didn't think it was the most amazing thing, but it's still up there in quality. And I'll definitely watch it again, although the jig is sort of up after you watch it one time kind of movie. So I think the performances in here were great. I like the messaging of it, even though it's a little absurd. But this year has been pretty absurd, you know,
0: mm-hmm. for
1: movies. Let's totally. face it like like a lot of the biggest movies this year have been very different and weird and kind of schlocky, you know, that. set.
2: Yeah, totally. Like
1: like we're moving into like a part of the 80s again that was like kind of silly.
2: I'm okay with that. And
1: people liked it kind of silly or maybe the 90s. And then we had it silly, you know, but it's just very serious acting. And they're going in weird, crazy writing directions. So um, good movie, though. But there was another movie. And this will be like, what, seven, eight? No, 17. Yeah, that was about food. (laughs) And it was one of the earlier films that was out on Hulu. It was directed by Mimi Cave and it stars Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan, who plays the American uh, Captain America's brother.
2: What's it called?
1: It's called uh, Fresh. Oh, okay. So it follows this girl who meets this alluring sort of like Playboy kind of guy at a grocery store and she's had a lot of frustration with like apps and taking a chance on these like losers all the time. The movie literally starts off with her on like a terrible date. Right. And he gives her his number and you know, it's very like non-aggressive. You know what I mean? Which allures her, makes her Lord into his world and he invites her over for a wonderful date. And that turns into a very fucked up situation a captive situation where he's feeding her things that you would not want to eat as a human being. Right. And it gets worse and worse and worse, but it's a dark sort of satirical kind of like the menu look, Mm -hmm. Um, but it goes in a different direction. And I thought for a condensed movie that was a way smaller budget, it did more with the movie than the menu did for me personally. Mm -hmm. I love Anna Anna Taylor-Joy, but I just liked the fresh movie just a little bit more. There was a really cool scene in the menu that I really loved that shocked me. But after that, I was kind of like, oh, that was kind of like, okay. Oh, okay. You know, but fresh just keeps going. Right. And it's kind of got a typical... Murray! (laughs) But it gets worse and then, you know, then it's like, I don't know, there's just a really funny kind of comedic, dark, and somewhat serious movie at the same time, Mm -hmm. which seems to be kind of like the going trend for movies lately is putting all these different like, genres into one genre film. You know what I mean? We're getting a lot of really, like I said, a lot of really weird mainstream movies that are trying to mimic sort of the indie style. Do you notice that?
2: Yeah, I guess.
1: I mean, look at Malignant. Look at Megan. Right. Look at Barbarian. Look at... You know, all these movies that have been coming out that people have been talking like goo goo bananas over and it's just they're kind of taking the piss out of people while still playing it serious kind of way. Mm -hmm. So I really like this one. I thought it was a pretty decent one. If you have Hulu subscription, you can watch it there. There has been a lot of horror movies on Hulu this year. Yeah,
2: There has been. So
1: kudos to Hulu for picking it up where Netflix is completely fucking failing. I think they had one movie this year that I really enjoyed, which was day shift. And it's kind of like a, so bad it's good action film.
2: That's it. Huh? Yeah.
1: It was a vampire film that had some of the coolest, most over the top fucking fight scenes because it's directed by a stunt man, just like John wick.
0: Okay. But it's
1: so over the top and so graphic that it's so fun. Mm -hmm. It almost made my top 20. Mm -hmm. So another one, if you want to check that one out, little bonus. Um, But yeah, Fresh is a really funny movie that I don't want to spoil for you. It goes in dark places, darker than you'll ever expect, and it is still funny and kind of like, man, it makes you feel dirty and kind of good at the same time. It's really weird. So it's kind of a harrowing tale. Next up on my list, we have Hatching, which is a movie that I kind of caught a little late. I didn't get to see it early on. It was one of the movies that I meant to review, but -hmm. there was just something, there was like too many movies going on at the time. Mm -hmm. This is a film from Finland and Sweden uh, that, man, holy shit, was this movie kind of nuts. It's on Hulu as well, by the way about a young gymnast who's trying desperately to please her very demanding mother who is kind of like a YouTuber influencer Mm -hmm. and they do videos of their family and you've seen you remember that trend right where there was like families doing YouTubes
2: oh yeah now the trend is to not have your children on right
1: because it's like (laughs) exploitation etc but because it turned into exploitation that's why and YouTube stopped monetizing it Mm -hmm. so but this was probably written during that time when that was going on Mm -hmm. and a lot of those youtubes make this picturesque perfect sort of world and this is like how this mom makes everything look perfect in this world and she's so hard on her little daughter and her kids while you start to realize that the world that they are living is not so perfect And it's all a front and she's really a fucked up human being. Mm -hmm. And this kid has to sort of like, you know,
2: maneuver through that.
1: Yeah. She like something really, really fucked up happens in the beginning of the movie. I don't want to spoil Mm -hmm. it. It does involve animals. So if you're not into that, uh, but it does really kind of like set the tone, kind of like John Wick and the puppy did. Mm -hmm. It gives the movie purpose. And oh, I see, you know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. not just obligatory. Basically, an animal. She finds an egg of the same animal. Mm -hmm. And this animal uh, starts to hatch and it's like a mutant. (laughs) (sighs) And this little girl tries to befriend it because she's scared of it. But really, it's just sort of like a, how would I explain it? Like a metaphor for like how you feel and how her mother's making her feel. Mm -hmm. And it's like a a mirror of her in some way. And this is really well done, man. Like it is so like, I was really into this movie. It's not going to be for everybody. I know that. It's one of those kind of artsy fartsy movies, but there's a lot of things that happen in it and these different moments that kind of make you feel angry or, you know, disgusted or freaked out. And this this mutant thing kind of comes to life and starts, you know, killing people and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And it gets like worse and worse and worse and worse. So... I really liked it. I think I think you will really like it if you like creature feature movies uh-huh. and like kids being involved in that in some really weird, dark, fucked up way, because uh-huh. it's kind of psychological. It's part metaphor and part creature feature. Oh, OK, so it's like the three of those combined. Plus, it's you know, there is subtitles, but I urge you to check it out because I really think it's good. So my number 15 is a Shudder film, which Shudder is always going to dawn these fucking lists all all the time right i see people in the shutter (laughs) shutter group on facebook that are like oh man shutter's like really got to step it up you know like they need to put on some what are you out of your fucking mind they're like one of the only streaming services that knows how to pick films to buy right like they're, they're, they're i mean yeah they're not perfect but they still have the highest average of fucking films That are on their service that, Mm -hmm. you know, and they put out fucking discs. Mm -hmm. They actually put the movies out so that you can actually collect it, too. And I have so much respect for that. Right. So this is one called that was kind of like a towards the end of the year. I think it came out around after Halloween called Deadstream. Oh, yeah. It's a found footage horror comedy about another YouTube influencer who goes to a house to make up for the fact that he was lying to people about his stuff or he got like kicked off YouTube for doing stuff. And so, yeah, they don't call it YouTube. They call it like Tivid or something like
2: Vivid or something. Yeah,
1: Tivid or something. But like he does a live stream in a real haunted house and shit starts to go really bad. And this kid, this guy who's naturally supposed to be kind of annoying because that's the sort of stereotype that influencers have. I hope to think that I'm not that annoying, (laughs) but he does a really good job at playing this character Mm -hmm. who is part charming and stupid and kind of, you know, annoying at the same time, you know? Mm -hmm. And he goes to this place and things start getting really out of control like creatures and gore and like all kinds of stuff mayhem start happening on the screen as a live stream cast and he's got cameras everywhere so they like really do a good job of taking a very small budget film mm-hmm. and making it seem really big you saw this one right
2: yes i did what do you think it it was it? okay it was funny
1: you didn't like it that much, though?
2: No, it was really, it kind of dragged in the,
1: in the beginning, and
2: I just, I couldn't really get into it, but it was funny. It had its moments. The guy did annoy me. The so. guy,
1: the guy who's in it, who plays Sean, uh, he actually is Joseph Winter. He's the director and the writer. He and Vanessa Winter, which I think is either his wife or his sister. I, I, I don't know. Relative, maybe. <laughs> I would assume it's his wife. But they both make these movies. They actually did the segment at the end of VHS 99 this year, mm-hmm. which was the best one of the VHS. one that
2: they went to hell.
1: Yeah. yeah I don't, don't spoil it for everybody, but yeah, some of the same characters go to hell and this girl is in it that just like stole the movie, stole the short. She's mm-hmm. just hilarious. She's also in Deadstream. stream. Um, I just thought it was super creative and it's, it's a huge example of how you could make a found footage or, You know, live footage, whatever you want to call it, film and still do good and like, and like be able to make a a coherent, funny, creative horror movie that is just fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And it really, really kind of just charmed the hell out of me this time. So Mm -hmm. I was really happy to see it. I'm looking forward to seeing more as I know they're going to have more money. (laughs) Right. And they know how to squeeze a dollar. Mm-hmm. Like they really do. Like I think they're going to do a lot of really fun things. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to step outside of the found footage kind of world.
2: Oh, and just do live regular. footage. Yeah,
1: but I mean, it's a good medium for some people, you know. Oh yeah, totally. Because it excuses a lot of certain you know things. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I really liked it. It's on Shutter. If you want to check it out, really looking forward to seeing what Joseph Winter and Vanessa Winter have next, and I can't wait to see what Melanie Stone does next as well, because mm-hmm. she's just fucking fantastic. Yeah. Number 14 is a Shutter original. Again. Yes. Which is the movie Glorious. Which, oh, I
2: didn't see that one.
1: Yeah. This one was one of my favorites. Um, it's the only Lovecraftian one that I really, really, really liked this year. Um, I, there was a couple of other ones. There was like another movie called The Passenger, which I really liked, but it just kind of fell short of this one mm-hmm. for me, uh, even though they do a lot in that movie uh, and the characters are really great. I highly recommend that one. If you do get a chance to see that, it's called The Passenger. Uh, I think it was a, can't, I think it was a Spanish film or an Argentinian film. But Glorious is definitely not. It is directed by Rebecca McKendry, who has done a short in All the Creatures Were Stirring, which we didn't mind. Uh, she also did Tales of Halloween, a short. But she really kind of knocked it out of the park with this one. She has uh, essentially it's about a guy who is going through what seems to be a breakup with this girl, and he's on the road traveling for some reason. You don't know why. He's going through all these emotions, and he stops at a rest stop and kind of loses his shit, gets drunk, and wakes up, and he's like burned all his things, and he's kind of like confused as to what's going on. He goes into the bathroom stall and pukes his brains out, and some guy who's in the adjacent stall next to him
2: Oh, OK, I have seen this in a
1: glory hole, right. by the way, which is why it's called Glorious, uh, is on the other side. And that person is playing a god in the H.P. Lovecraft universe.
2: That's right.
1: And the voice of the character, this god, is J.K. Simmons, who plays the god. And it sort of is this comedic, dark satire like thing about this guy's life and why he's in there. And he's got to like do all these things and like people come in and out and it's really fucking creative. And I fucking loved this. That shit was weird. It was great. This is the perfect idea to come up with. It's a high profile concept on a low budget Mm -hmm. and they were able to make it work. Right And J.K. Simmons is the fucking cherry on the top, man. If you guys don't know who J.K. Simmons is, he does those commercials for, we know a thing or two about a thing or two. Oh,
2: okay, thank you. You
1: know those commercials, but he's been in everything. Juno he was in, remember I he said? Was I was the like, dad. His yeah. voice is so distinguished.
2: Distinct, yeah,
1: uh, He was in L- La La Land, he was in Spider-Man, he was the fucking, the right. the, the, the Globe's fucking uh, head director. Right. He was like, they do that meme where he's like, you serious? Right. That guy, J.K. Simmons is fucking amazing in this film. Mm -hmm. And it just really just there's so much that goes on in this little tiny film that I loved that was so creative and it just hit all the right spots for me. I think it's one of the better films this year. And I highly recommend you guys check it out if you didn't get a chance to do it. I mean, just the story alone that a guy walks into a stall and and sees a God into a glory hole where people stick their dicks in
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's a HP Lovecraft universe movie. Right. Definitely worth checking out. It's 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 small, but it's a really great idea. And I think I can't wait to see what Rebecca McKendry does next. So the next movie is one of the only Netflix movies that I got into this year. And that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, the film that everybody fucking hates. (laughs) Yes. And you're probably like, oh, fuck this guy. Well, no, no, no. Calm down. You know, just because you didn't like it doesn't mean that that I'm wrong. Everybody has their own opinions. I went into this movie going, hey, you know what? I am missing. There has been so many heady movies these past few years.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I just want to have fun. I just want to see some gore. I just want to have a laugh. I just want to see a slasher film again. And
2: this movie had all of that.
1: It did all of that.
2: It really did. And
1: that's why I said some of the weirdest ideas this year have really taken off
2: Mm -hmm. a little
1: bit. You know, maybe this movie didn't for a lot of people, but I rewatched it again for the second time, like I do for all of these movies. And I'll tell you what, I really still enjoyed this movie thoroughly through all the way through. I enjoyed all the kills. I enjoyed the stupid banter. There were some people who were saying that this is a movie that is making fun of the left. There's some of the people who were saying that it's making fun of the political right. It's making fun of everyone in my book. And it seems very anti-woke, in my opinion, as well, mm-hmm. which it's so funny because I had friends on both sides yelling at me for liking it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I just I really liked it. Sorry. is it serious no no but it's really fucking entertaining
2: i thought it was too i thought it was
1: good i popped it on kind of like expecting this one to be lower on the list than it was but i don't know it's pretty much up there with a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. you know a second watch actually didn't lower it at all i was actually right on the money i was like maybe i scored a little too high
2: Mm -hmm.
1: no I, i think it's right where it belongs
2: right Right. So, um, but I mean, you can understand why people don't like it. Like I can sure. understand it's a little heavy, like with the, the woke shit. Can but I explain does-
1: something about that? And for those of you who've seen it and maybe I'm not going to spoil anything here, but there's a couple of things that happened in the movie that you probably saw in the trailer. Right. One, we saw one of the characters come back from the first movie. Who was in the trailer. Right. Right. The blonde haired girl that got away. Right. She's the one that got away.
2: Exactly. So she <laughs> needs to do her revenge.
1: They make a joke about Laurie Strode and Halloween franchises new trilogy in this movie.
2: Which is exactly why they put they did that. Yes.
1: Right? It's all a effort to kind of relate to the times. Like when you make a horror movie, some people can go the route of just trying to make it any old decade. And others want to kind of make it relevant for today to make a sort of Leatherface versus modern times movie. And that's all they were thinking. Is everybody like a woke person? No. Right. Are kids always going to be on a bus saying, you're going to get canceled, bro? No. But it's just part of the times. It's Mm -hmm. like a stamp. It doesn't have to be taken seriously. And I didn't take it seriously. And I loved it. So Mm -hmm. I think that I think a lot of people missed the boat on this one and took I do it too. way too seriously yeah. and got way too offended. Calm
2: the fuck down.
1: Bo Burnham, who did the fucking, the, the fucking Leatherface in this, who was in Low Life as the bad guy.
2: Right, it was great. By Ryan
1: Prowse. Holy fuck, I wrote Ryan immediately after I watched that movie and I was like, damn, your boy did really good <laughs> on Leatherface. He's like, I know, right? I'm so fucking happy for him. <laughs> and I was like, dude, he's like, I, I would be, I, I think he's like my second favorite
2: Oh, Leatherface! Leatherface,
1: mm-hmm. like he was really fucking good, dude.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No talking, no trying to be anything more than just this, you know, slow, slow killed, slow kid. Who, yeah. There's some stuff that doesn't logically meet up, but there, it's a fucking That's okay. Yeah, it doesn't have to be exact. Right. I don't know. Anyway, you're not wrong if you didn't like it, but I just want you to know. Please understand, everybody has their own opinion. I really enjoyed it. I hope they put it out on Blu-ray or DVD, or I mean. 4K, really,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. uh, I would love to add it to my collection. It'd be, it's one of the good ones in the franchise, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. F- you know, they don't have that many that are that great in the franchise. So, right. up next is one that really shot up the ranks, and it's because I couldn't get it out of my head, and I gave it a seven point five at the start of the when I first we we first reviewed it. Remember, mm-hmm. we watched Men.
2: Oh yeah, yeah,
1: and like we both went into it thinking. Oh, God, it's going to be one of those movies where they're trying to piss everybody off who doesn't like woke stuff, right? Right. And just the title alone, we were like, oh, God, people are going to tear this movie apart.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) But it ended up not being anything about the fucking subject matter that we thought it was. Right. It ended up being some folklore from fucking Ireland or something, you know, from like olden times. And it
2: was focusing on her trauma.
1: Right. And it was really fucking surreal.
2: Yeah, it was good.
1: Extremely surreal. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Why is there a nude dude just wandering around in this one part?
2: Yeah, yeah, there was, towards the end there, I won't spoil anything, was kind of like, holy shit, dude.
1: Everybody, I don't want to spoil it because it's like, you know, there's not a lot to the story necessarily, but essentially a girl goes out into the uh, countryside of Ireland.
2: Because her husband committed suicide.
1: Right. And, you know, you find out later on, like why that is. But and by the way, this is, of course, directed by Alex Garland, who, as you know, has done quite a few movies like Ex Machina, Annihilation. 28 Days Later, he was a writer for and uh, done really well for himself over the past however many years. This is a movie that a lot of people really didn't like. And I kind of can see why, because it's not your typical type of movie. It's not like a like straightforward, you know, kind of film. Right.
2: Right, right. What
1: did you think about it?
2: Oh, I thought it was good. I liked it. I liked it. It was eerie. I liked how everyone kind of has their own interpretation about what was going on. Sure. I, You know, I, I, I like that. Oh, I 100% like, I agree. Think, oh, like I said, though, like I said, I think when we reviewed it, I think people are, are they're taking, the, it's a little deeper, like people are taking it a little bit more seriously than it really is. It's like not you know what i mean i
1: think it's just creative as hell and it's like creepy and eerie and he kind of mixes all these different styles in there with this like folklore it's almost kind of like a midsommar movie in a way right (laughs) like if you really think about it folklore wise and shit like what what they try to achieve in it and why they do it Mm -hmm. but man some of the fucked up stuff that happens in it really freaked me out there was some pretty cool like uh, uh practical effects and like uh the end scene that I will never forget in in ever like, like it just right. never stopped. And I was just like, at first what the I, fuck
2: is going on. Right.
1: Like, and that's the thing I was like, well, this is like really shocking and different, but is it, is it a good movie? And that was what I was dealing with when I saw it. It was like 7.5 for me, mm-hmm. but I couldn't stop thinking about it all this, this whole year. Right. It's, it's like never left my brain. And I think it's actually a really good film now. Like I'm Mm -hmm. confident to say that that movie is just a trip, man. Is it for everybody? No, but it's for me and I really enjoyed it. And Mm -hmm. I, and I think if you guys like a lot of the same stuff I do, give it a shot. If you never did get to see it,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think Alex Garland, this is a smaller movie than he's done. So I think ultimately a lot of people were expecting a bigger movie and maybe more characters and stuff like that. But it definitely is a really good movie, and it definitely moved up my list quite a bit. All right. So up next, we got another movie that sneaked in right at the last moment, and I have to forgive. I forget who I spoke with. He changes his name. He's a music producer. He's a friend of Jason's of uh, the Sinister Cinema Reviews, who, you know, I've had a lot of uh, we've we've gotten uh, we have a lot of similar interests. And he, he had recommended this and I had not even thought about it or even I saw the cover and it was in my fa- it was in my folder to watch. But it was one that I was not like really like I've forgotten about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is a movie that is directed. It has a few stars that you'll recognize, by the way. It's called Soft and Quiet. And uh, there's a lot of different, like, smaller actors in it. We got Stephanie Estes, Olivia Licardi, who she was also in the um, It Follows movie as Yara. She was, uh, but it's by a director, Beth de D'Arujo, R-A-U-J-O. I apologize. She's done other films, but this is, I think, her debut uh, feature film. And it's a movie that takes place in all in one take. Oh, okay. Now, I don't know. If she achieved that, I tried to look that up.
2: But it looked like it.
1: Man, it, I didn't see one single break, but there was some things that they could you can oh, do. Oh, yeah, the
2: transition right. with furniture. like.
1: There's little movements. tricks that I've seen like TikTokers or Vine people that mm-hmm. used to do where you just aim it at a certain spot. Right. Like a door frame where it has an edge mm-hmm. and you can line it up.
2: Yeah, I cut it right there, yeah.
1: And cut it in there and it just kind of looks like it's like a handheld sort of found footage uh, film, so to mm-hmm. speak. But it's really just this camera that's kind of following everybody around and you don't really know. It's not like it's like someone's filming in the movie, but it's just sort of following it as like a viewer, like somebody is just a bystander. And this woman, it's so hard to explain this movie. I, I'll Let me just tell you this. It's, it, it's, it's about a teacher who is not what you would expect for a teacher. She is very right wing. Um, it is a very heavy political movie, by the way. Oh. But it is sort of a okay, this is going to get a lot worse kind of situation mm-hmm. and literally it does. I watched that movie and I just started feeling uneasy from the first 10 minutes all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. It is the most uncomfortable movie I've ever seen. Not because it's gross well, it's gross in like a, a different way than, I, but I mean, you know, like it's not like someone's stabbing someone's penis like a million times and you're like, Oh, that's gross. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> in, a, in a horror movie, you know, mm-hmm. it's just following these ladies who have a meeting and then this meeting happens and they go somewhere else. And then this thing happens where it's like a very political situation. And like, it's like how I, it's so hard to explain without ruining it. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, just, just put it this way. If you can't handle politics, In a movie, this isn't trying to tell you which way to be necessarily. It's certainly supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. If you're a decent person, I would think (laughs) If you don't feel uncomfortable. Maybe this is uh, kind of like a cat call. But a lot of people were saying it's Nazi propaganda and it's not. It's supposed to be the opposite. (laughs) But uh, it is a really heavy dose of like... Murder and just how things can get really bad really quick in a small town. Mm -hmm. And it really, it fucked me up.
0: Oh, There was
1: one moment where I almost cried. Oh, wow. Like, it was just that devastating to me. And I know some people are going to be like, oh, I saw it. It's not that bad. Well, maybe for you, it wasn't that bad. For me, it was heavy as shit. And it's a very underrated film that I think should get a lot more credit than it does for what it did in this movie. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I wish you would have seen it. You need to watch it. Oh, okay. Just because I think that you'll be like, oh my God. You're you know how you say that you don't like watching uh what was it? What was the show that you hated? The Office? Oh yeah. Because they do uncomfortable things that you're just like, Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> this is like that times a oh, hundred. I
2: don't want to watch that. Are you fucking kidding
0: well,
1: me? It's not even a comedy either. Some people that oh, were like, I never yeah. want to watch that movie again. Yeah. No, I'll,
2: I'll pass. I
1: really think you need to watch it just because I want to see your reaction.
2: You just want me to be uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway, that's like my what, 11? Is that what I yep. said? Okay, so now we're getting into the top 10. Just know that a lot of these are going to be very close to one another. When we get down to the top five, it's pretty much like they could all
2: the same. They can all
1: pretty much switch places with each with each other. They're so vastly different from one another, although I will say like two or three films kind of feel within that same vein. Um, Just know that the going forward, a lot of these are just movies that I really like and I will rewatch. And one of them is one that was also another controversial film this year. And it's not Halloween ends. (laughs) It is Hellraiser. Which is a Hulu movie, by the way. I really...
2: I like that. I really
1: liked it. I watched it again this second time, Mm -hmm. and I caught a lot more this time about the story than I did the first time. Mm -hmm. Like, I really paid attention to what they were saying a lot of times because this is a movie that was... You know, they gave it to a new director to to try to, like, do something really different with it. Mm -hmm. They put in new practical effects, new characters, new pinhead, new everything. So, yeah, it's going to be a little different and that's going to ruffle a few feathers. Rightfully so. You like what you like. You can't change it. I understand right, that. Right. No problem with it. A lot of people didn't think it was as good as it was, but I really liked it. David Bruckner did it, who I've been following since he did The Signal. Mm-hmm. And I love him. He's a yep. great director. He has mm-hmm. been doing nothing but fucking knocking shit out of the park lately. This is a definitely a different story step in a direction for him. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, doing Hellraiser seems a little outside of his scope. Like he's mainstreamy feeling, but he does kind of more unique films than that. And uh this one I feel like, you know, had a lot of different people writing on it, so that might also be why it doesn't feel exactly like a film of his. Mm-hmm. But he still shot it really well. Uh we had like writers like Ben Collins, Luke P- Petrowski, David Goyer's on it. And obviously it's based on Clive Barker's vision. Um, It stars a girl who is a junkie who is kind of hanging out with a junkie boyfriend who's like kind of like bad for her. She's in recovery living with her brother and his husband and they are trying to get her on the right track and she sort of finds the box and um, Hellraiser begins again. And this one is a much... I would say it's got a little bit more laws and rules applied to the film than I think some people, it might've aired out its personal mystery a little bit too much for some people. Uh, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Because they really get into the specifics of like every trans, like configuration of the box, what each of them mean, like how the Cenobites get turned into what, like if you listen, you go back and rewatch this again, There's like a lot they're telling you that you just I did not hear the first time I saw it. Right. So I really I really liked it. The second watch again. Mm -hmm. I think it was really cool. I do wish it was a little bit more graphic. But overall, I think it's a good direction. A surprise. Uh, I would like to see more from this version
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and move forward with it. Could it be fucked up very easily? But I didn't think it is anywhere near as bad. I thought it was one of the better movies this year. Mm hmm. And, uh, some people didn't, and that's totally fine. You know, we all have our personal opinions and I do not mind either way, mm-hmm. except when it comes to Halloween ends. Fuck all of you. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not going to get into that here, guys. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was like going number 10. And, you know, it, like I said, some of these could be lower or higher, it, you know, it's, it was really tough for me and I really just didn't, nothing stood out as like my number one film this year. Like, I just really enjoyed a lot of films this year in general. Mm-hmm. Up next, we have Mad God, which, you know, could oh. fulfill any of these spots. Like I said, I was blown away by this movie. Is it a movie?
2: How long was that?
1: Oh, I think it was like two hours. Yeah, almost. I, yeah. th- I,
2: I, I didn't watch it, but I remember you it's know, like an least.
1: hour and 49 minutes, I think. Oh, Somewhere, I guess that's not that bad. I can't remember because I...
2: Mm-hmm. And I, it's all stop motion.
1: Yeah, it's a stop motion animation. Phil Tippett, who is known for doing a lot of stuff, including Star Wars and uh, many different claymation sort of stuff. He also has his own studio, which does CGI and shit like that as well. So, you know, they had to to evolve just like everybody else did. Mm -hmm. But this was like a pet project that he had in his back pocket for 30 years. He made a five minute video that turned into, you know, footage that he stuck in the vault and some of his workers. We're going through the vault to see what they could use or come up with ideas. And they came across this piece of uh, footage and they were like, what is this? And they watched it and they were like, is this from like Serbia or something? Like, "What what is this, Phil? And he was like, oh, yeah, that's mad God. It was uh, something I was working on, you know, and this is like 17 years ago, by the way.
2: Oh, OK. 17
1: to 20.
2: Oh, when the workers found it.
1: Right. And they were like, well, what are you doing with this? And he's like, nothing. I couldn't afford to do it. I couldn't, I, there's just no way I could have gotten it done. And it, it was the scene with this monkey in this like laboratory and shit, like that's in the film. So the his staff kept bugging and pestering him over it. And then 16 years ago, they started working on it nonstop. And then they created it to today while doing all their other projects.
2: And what do you think of it? I loved it. Yeah.
1: I think it's a, it's a, it's like a 2001 space odyssey type movie.
2: Okay. Where
1: you don't just watch it, you experience it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a, like a movie that you can just pop on at any old time and just watch. It's like something that you watch for the sake of enjoying art. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you enjoy the experience of it. There's a lot of messaging in it. Um, You know, Phil Tippett obviously has some pretty dark (laughs) thoughts in his Uh head about God and just like in general about how we worship things and how we are hypocrites and how religion is hypocr- hypocrisy and like all of this stuff. It's like, if there really is a God, well, he's fucked up kind of thing. You know what I mean? That kind of view. And man, the creature work and all of the stuff, all the little nods towards other films, like Harry, uh, uh, Ray Harryhausen. Is that what am I? The one that did like, you know, clash of the Titans and stuff like that with the creature work and oh, the, the claymation stuff. Yeah. And like, all those claymations that I used to watch when I was a kid, you know, like growing Rudolph up. Rudolph
2: the Red-Nosed Reindeer? No, I didn't
1: do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's Rankin
1: Bass. Jesus
2: Christ. <laughs> it, was, it was stop motion. Yeah, you. I, I mean,
1: I get it, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I really loved it. Um, it is definitely not for everyone, so I totally get it if you didn't like it and it wasn't for you. Like, I'm sure a lot of people are like, yeah, it looked cool. It was like watching a tool video, which is what... Everybody said, and I'm like, uh, if anybody got anything, it's tool got it from him, you know, Right. (laughs) and this blows tools shit out of the water. I'm sorry, but like, I like tool stuff and how dark and fucked up it is, but this is just so much better. Some people have said to watch it with fucking tool playing, but I like the soundtrack in this as well. I like all the sounds that accompany it. I think it's a fantastic film altogether, and I'm glad to see that it kind of boosted, um tip tippet back and it shows you that not all formats are dead that you can still find the artistry in it
2: it makes me laugh because you know vinyl because of vinyl
1: <laughs> i think of this is even deeper than that because
2: people love their vinyl
1: because think about how much time it takes to make a single one minute scene
2: right in
1: claymation versus make a vinyl you know what i mean right it's insane like the amount of work that was put into this this movie and they didn't even stop. They went an hour and 45, 49 minutes or whatever. So it's like insane. But yeah, very metaphysical sort of look at God and hypocritical look at everything. So up next, what is this? Eight? Eight. This is Prey, which you watched with me this year.
2: I thought that was great. Dude. On Hulu, another Hulu.
1: A lot of people will say, "Uh, is Prey really a horror movie? I mean, it's a fucking creature cutting people's heads off. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's it'll fit in there. I don't care. Sure. I don't see why not. Right. If there's murder, if there's murder involved, it's very appealing to horror fans. You know, is it a straightforward horror movie? No, but not. You can, you know, is Glorious a straightforward horror movie? I don't know. No, <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a God, uh, you know, a God that will make you go crazy if you look at it. Right. Um, In a stall of a glory hole. It's not very horrific, mm-hmm. but, you know, Predator had some fucking amazing kills. It had some amazing action yeah i kind of wish that she was just speaking comanche the whole fucking time and, well, and some of the characters were speaking kind of like they did in modern times in this movie that was like the only gripes i had
2: right but you could you could also watch it in comanche language
1: right but the only subtitles right right that's all i'm saying he yeah. said yeah it, it, i just wish that they, they spoke comanche
2: oh didn't they Oh, or was it dubbed. They you do it in it the dubbed? very
1: beginning and like tiny moments in between. Like they use certain words.
2: So they dubbed it in Comanche.
1: No. Oh, I'm saying I wish they spoke it in Comanche the entire movie from start to finish. But they did speak Comanche in the movie like little peppered pieces. Right. Just to kind of make it seem authentic. But it kind of loses its authenticity a little bit because... There's some things in it that are logic breaking, which I think people need to chill out a little bit about. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Like, yes, she has an axe that has a fucking rope on it. So what? So what? She's it's fu- fighting
2: an invisible. Yeah, she's fighting an alien that doesn't yeah.
1: exist. That can go invisible like in the fucking 1700s. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Plus, you know, a lot of people thought that movie was woke because it's a girl. You know, and then they kind of, too, put their foot on the on the pedal on that one because, you know, the, the, the alien doesn't find her a threat because she's female and she's little. And she's like, that's what makes me dangerous, you know? So it does have a little bit of that in there, but it's still a hell of a lot of fun. And there are some graphic gory kills in there, just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre had some pretty graphic ones, too. Um, I don't know. It's just a solid film. I really enjoyed it. Um, It was more entertaining to me than Mad God. But, you know, Mad God's a work of art. So it's like, where do you place it?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And I still and I liked it better than Hellraiser as an overall entertaining film. Uh, I love everything they did with Hellraiser in this new one. But it just this one was more entertaining. Right. And it was more gore, too. So the next one is one I fucking blew up about. And this is pretty much where we're going to get into. All of these movies could interchange with one another Mm-hmm. but they're so vastly different.
0: Mm-hmm. How the
1: fuck do you put these in order? And you'll see what I mean when I tell you all of these.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The last three, you'll be like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> so what is this, eight? Seven. This is seven. The Sadness, which is a Taiwanese film by a Canadian director.
2: Oh, I thought it would have been higher.
1: You know, it, it, it it's the only thing that held it back was the story. Oh, okay. The story wasn't as engaging, so I felt a little... Eh. But again, like I said, these are all movies that could interchange with each other depending on what you want, Mm -hmm. because this movie wasn't trying to be a heady sort of movie. It was trying to be a shocking, like disturbing movie that is supposed to kind of like just start from 60 and keep going and just like lay on the pedal, which it does. It is super graphic. It is not as violent and graphic as I've seen in other movies. It's
2: disgusting.
1: There is a lot of disgusting (laughs) stuff in it. There is a lot of really awesome stuff that happens in it. There's, uh, you know, disturbing stuff in it, but it does have the taste to kind of pull away from the camera a little bit. So it's not like, you know, Serbian film where they just kind of show it, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: where they're like, fuck it. We don't really care. He like Rob Jabez actually had, you know, and the whole thing came about is because they were like, hey, do you want to make a zombie film since the pandemic's happening? And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. He was like an assistant director on movies, and he was like, yeah, I'll do it, but I, I want to do my own thing, and you'll have to just do what I, you know, want, and I'll do it. I want to do it my own way, and he was like, I want to make a movie that has no story, just a very simple plot, and just from start to finish, and he liked the the comic book Crossed, and he thought, hey, let's make something similar to that and just kind of go for it, and he did, and I think he did a fantastic job, even if the movie isn't exactly a ooey gooey, good feeling kind of film. Not at all. It it, it definitely has some of the craziest people I've ever seen. One of the most violent knife fights I've ever ever seen in a movie. Like it is, that subway scene is fucking violent. And the guy who plays the guy that follows them throughout the whole movie, what a fucking creepy dude, man. Very
2: creepy. The
1: faces that these people make is some of the most horrendous Scary fucking things I've ever seen. Like when I watched, um, what was the movie? Uh, twenty-eight days later, the the look in their eyes was the scariest thing to me. Just how fucking angry they were. These were like really enjoying this the sadistic yeah, was, nature. They're
2: smiling and ooh.
1: Yeah, like people don't realize that the, 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 this was not a zombie movie. That it was a infection movie. Where people, the piece in their brain that makes them do good things, makes them do bad things suddenly. And And like it. And they like it. Like they are doing something good for somebody. Mm -hmm. So it makes them feel good about themselves. Like they're doing something. They don't have any idea that they're doing bad shit. So it's really fucked up. A lot of people did not like it. They thought it was kind of underwhelming a little bit because there was no story. I still think it's one of the most, it's going to call. I kind
2: of liked it because it didn't really have a story. It was just kind of following.
1: Sure. What was going on? Instant cult classic, as far as I'm concerned. Like, this is like one of those movies that you rarely see. It's like one every five years. You know what I mean? Maybe. Right. So I really liked it. I think it definitely belongs up here. It was hard to pick where. (laughs) Um, The next one is another controversial film. Ding, 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 ding. Number six. Uh, This is Dashcam. And Dashcam is a movie that a lot of people really hated to like or hated to love or hated to hate. They just hated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know why. It's made by the same director of the movie, Host. Which is funny because a lot of people are also getting this confused with another movie called Dash Cam that came out last year,
2: <laughs> huh. which was a more serious movie.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I know. I saw people a lot of- posting that they actually watched that. They were like, I don't understand what you guys's problem is. <laughs>
1: yeah, but this is the movie that Rob Savage directed, who also did the movie host. He had his, you know, uh, Gemma Hurley and others that worked on that movie host to work on this one. It was a movie that was done in the pandemic. So it sort of was like kind of made sense that their success lied in making a movie in the middle of the pandemic with their live stream sort of found footage film. So they decided to make another live stream horror movie and it involved a girl who drove around and did rap in her car and somehow gets wound was up in
2: white right winger. <laughs> who, who Yeah, who
1: is an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. And in their minds, they're thinking, you know, this is kind of funny, you know, like they, they weren't like, oh, we're going to have to let's put her in here so that we can make people not take vaccines, guys. Like that's that's not what they were thinking, guys. I know that a lot of you feel that way, that if if they put her in there, they're sort of platforming her and giving her that speaking role.
2: They didn't at all.
1: They didn't do it for that reason at all. And I think it is, is super underrated because of this whole fucking thing. And it really upsets me because it's like I was very <laughs> I was very vocal about the whole vax and anti-vax stuff, and uh, you know, trying to to be a, a good person or you know do the right thing. And I was scared of vax and all this other shit too. But you know, I don't think that's what they were doing here. At the end of the day, I looked at this as a movie about a character who was unlikable going through the most like like they put this anti-vaxer Trump supporter through fucking hell.
2: And she got the shit kicked out of her. Dude,
1: they put her through hell.
2: It was great. <laughs> That's what I loved about it, was great. it,
1: and I even laughed at the jokes that were all sort of like, you know, left leaning deprecation. You know what I mean? Where they were like kind of making fun of it. I thought it was great, and I loved where it went. I thought it was probably one of the probably one of the better found footage films I've seen in a long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a big film, and it deserves a hell of a lot more credit than dumping it on DVD Right. and not Blu-ray. Like fuck you guys, man. Everybody was crusading against this one, man. uh, It really upsets me. It's fine. I didn't mind if you didn't like it. I have no qualms with whatever reason it is that you didn't like this movie, but please guys stop crusading against movies like this. Like just, if you don't like it, move on. You know what I mean? You're just ruining it for a lot of people. A lot of really good people who worked really hard on this movie You just destroyed their careers, essentially, because you didn't like it. Why? If this movie shit on your baby. okay, maybe, maybe, you know, if it went out and murdered your baby, maybe you might have a a ride. (laughs) But anyway, I'm not trying to get too uh, preachy, but I really, really, really thought this movie was hilarious. I thought it was a fucking nonstop, fucking action packed, fucking found footage, uh, live stream movie that I have watched. I think I watched it five times this year. Yeah. Showing other people and they loved it. Every person I showed it to loved it just as much as me. Mm -hmm. And then when I told them everything afterwards, they were like, oh, I could see people being upset about that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so, yeah, you're not wrong, but I just wanted to watch a movie. I don't really give a fuck about that girl. (laughs) I just thought it was a funny fucking movie. So next up, we do have another movie and that is A Wounded Fawn. Which kind of came in late in the game here on Shudder here, just a couple months, like within the last month or two. And uh, I really like this movie.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, man. You watched it just the other day, right? Yeah, I did. You didn't like it.
2: It was slow.
1: OK, so it has the same makings of the movie Fresh, where it yeah. kind of starts off where it's like a sort of entrapment movie.
2: It was better than Fresh.
1: Yeah, it's definitely better than Fresh. Yeah. Um, Fresh is funny and it's fresh. Uh, it's fresh and funky.
2: It's a fresh prince. <laughs> uh,
1: but no, uh, A Wounded Fawn is about this guy who like, basically kidnaps this girl and bad things happen and uh, it sort of gets out of control and things kind of spin on its axis and kind of fly back in that guy's face and uh, you don't really know what's going on.
2: But then- I li- I, did you like the visuals and stuff? Oh,
1: I, that's what made the movie familiar. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that was good.
1: It has a tone that is very akin to... <laughs> italian or spanish giallo style fucking supernatural or just giallo's in general uh the way that they shot it the way that the music went the everything that went with it was done in such a way that if this movie were to be put back in those days people would have loved it mm-hmm. you know what i mean because the craze of giallo and you know in the late 70s and well, the 70s and the you know, 60s, 70s and everything like that. It had that while still being a modern movie and doing some surrealistic shit that's just like mind numbing. It makes you feel unease the entire time you're watching it. It's like you feel like you're tripping balls, dude. Like, that's what I felt like when I watched this movie. And it ends. Oh, the fucking ending was so good to me. I absolutely loved what happened to that character
2: oh yeah definitely i
1: thought it was so well deserved and you just get it just makes you so angry that everything is happening it kind of makes you go through a moral dilemma or an ethical dilemma with yourself as a viewer as to you know do you feel bad or should you feel bad they kind of painted in this weird light and it's so much torture going on for this one character that you're really kind of wondering
0: like what the fuck
2: yeah
1: And uh, by the end of the movie, you realize what's happening. And it's just like, man, what what a sweet just dessert, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, like Mm -hmm. fucking loved it. I thought for an independent for an independent movie to come out swinging like this, it was fan fucking tastic. And I remember someone saying, have you seen that yet? And I was like, no, it's on my list. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. God damn, I wish I would have watched this sooner. Uh, It stars um, Josh Rubin, who's normally playing comedic roles. Right. He was in like Scare Me and like a couple other films that are like jokey, funny movies, you mm-hmm.
0: know?
1: Um. And it's got Sarah Lind who was really good in it and this other girl named Malin Barr who was really good. But it's actually written and or it's actually directed by uh, Travis Stevens, who is a producer, typically. And uh, he also has done the, the movie Jacob's Wife, if you saw that, and Girl on the Third Floor. So mm-hmm. I knew that it was going to be a level of good. Right. But I think this is his best work yet. I loved Jacob's Wife. I thought that was a great film. That
2: was a great movie.
1: But this surpasses it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so much on a on a way bigger scale. And, and it's doing so, so little, so much with so little. So, you know, and I think it's probably Josh Rubin's best role he's ever done. And I like him as the comedic guy, you know? So it was kind of hard. It's like one of those things where you see like Tom Green acting normal. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what the fuck? This doesn't make sense. You know, or like Jim Carrey acting normal for the first time. Mm -hmm. And you've seen nothing but Ace Ventura detective your whole life. And you're like, wait a second. Something's off. This felt natural. I didn't feel like it it was a little surprising that he was acting so natural Mm -hmm. and dark. Yeah. But he's such a likable character in all these other movies that you kind of like. But he does have that tinge of darkness in it. And you kind of see that in Scare Me. So I think that's why they picked it. He might be friends with them, too. So. But yeah, I thought this was a great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. The next movie you guys might have skipped and never watched and maybe heard people talk about how boring it is or I don't know what. This is some of the best acting I've seen all year. And this is a Shutter release, which, by the way, A Wounded Fawn is also on Shutter. So if you want to check that out, it's up on Shudder. We had a lot of Shutter releases this year uh, that uh, made it. I think Dash Cam was on Shudder at one point, but they took yep. it off. Yeah. It was just like a...
2: And then it was on Hulu.
1: I think it is still now. Oh. Anyway, this movie is what Josiah saw. Now, when I watched the trailer for this, I was not interested at all. I knew that there was the guy from Hunter Hunter in it. Right. Who I was like, oh, that guy's really fucked up. And I kind of liked him in that movie. But I was like, I don't know about this one. And the more and more I watched it, it felt kind of like a Tarantino-esque film Mm -hmm. that turns into something really dark. And, like, kind of supernatural.
2: It And it's that goddamn twist at the end.
1: Oh, my God, dude.
2: Oh, God. Ooh,
1: that twist oh. at the end is... Yeah, that is pretty... I, I didn't forget you saw this with me.
2: Yeah, I did. Oh, <laughs> I was gripped to
1: the screen, though, for this movie, though. Huh. Legitimately, I, like, literally could not pull away. But Nick Stahl is in this movie, and he is an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays the most disgusting piece of shit in this movie. By the end of the movie, you're going to be like, oh, my God. But Robert Patrick's in this. He plays his father. You got Scott Hayes and Kelly Garner, who is in this. You got Jake Weber, who's in this movie as well. And like a ton of other people that you'll recognize, like Billy Blair's in there as this gypsy guy. There's like a couple of scenes where this movie kind of goes. And it's like these be- it's like nobody is good in this movie. Everybody is a fucking piece of shit. And even the ones you think are good, it's going to put you in a moral dilemma with your brain right? that you're going to be like, Jesus Christ, why am I rooting for this? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, why am I, uh, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> and then by the end of the movie, you're going to want to puke bucket because it's not what you see that's gross. It's just what you thought it was. And then you find out what it really is.
2: And what he really saw.
1: And what, yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh God, <laughs> that's what he saw. <laughs> The uh, director of this is Vincent Grishaw, who is somebody that I've never seen anything by them before. I guess he did a movie, like a couple of movies or a couple of shorts. Um, He did uh, And Then I Go, Cold Water, Savannah, Aliki. Like, these are shorts. He did uh, Visions of Horror, which is one of the first things he did. I I think it's like seven short films. So he did one of the short films in that. So Mm But man, I could not, the amount, the the crazy amount of good acting in this film. Everybody was doing their best fucking role. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, like, I really think that some of these people could be up for Oscars in this film. Like, seriously. Right. Like, that's how good their acting was. It was just that level. And seeing a horror movie that's considered independent with that level of acting Mm -hmm. is kind of like, all like, what the fuck? Like, where did this movie come from and how did this get made? Mm -hmm. So honestly, I think if you can get into like sort of a Tarantino film that has a really, really, really dark, fucked up sexual thing going on with it. Yeah, you might like this one. (laughs) I really enjoyed it. Not in that way. (laughs) 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 Nor should anybody, I think, but you will never forget it. It's one of those kind of unforgettable movies. Another movie that we had, and we're down to the last three here, and one of them is kind of like a double banger, it's like a combined, um, is The Cursed, which technically came out in 2021, but had some distribution issues and uh, got out here in 2022.
2: And we reviewed that on the podcast, too.
1: Yes, we did. It is a supernatural uh, creature feature film.
2: It it was great.
1: Oh, my God. I rewatched it last night. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is such a good fucking movie. And you
2: do not like period pieces. No,
1: it is a... Okay, so let me, let me break it down for you what this movie is, because it is a period piece movie that has some stars in it that aren't very typical period piece kind of actors, like the lead role in particular. Mm-hmm. It's by director Sean Ellis, who is an Englishman, an Englishman who did Anthropoid, And uh, Metro Manila, which I never did see. They seem very serious, Um, but it has Boyd Holbrook in it, who was one of the main stars in the uh, second to last Predator movie, the one before Prey that everybody hated. Oh, he was also in, uh, he's like the star of this movie, by the way. Uh, He was in uh, Predator, he was in Logan as uh, Pierce and uh, in the shadow of the moon and many. Oh, oh, he played the bad guy. He played Corinthian in The Sandman. Oh, okay. The guy with the glasses. Oh, yeah. That was like going around talking to everybody and convincing them to be bad or whatever.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. He which is the fantastic role, by the way, of him. Mm -hmm. This I I think uh, he did a really good job in. Um, But yeah, essentially, it is about it's a royal 19th century France. There's a sort of mysterious, possibly supernatural menace that threatens a small village. And John McBride, a pathologist played by Holbrook, he visits a small village that's threatened by the supernatural menace and comes to town to investigate it and exercise some of his own demons in the process and sort of, you know, figure out why there's this sort of creature that's killing everybody and why there's this sort of supernatural event taking place. I don't want to spoil it for you because it's just kind of in there, but let's just say it has a lot to do with some religious aspects like the the coins of Judas. Judas was paid uh, X amount of dollars or coins, 30 coins, by the way, which is what that TV show is that Alex de la Iglesia did on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. Judas in the Bible was given 30 coins to basically, you know, rat out Jesus and Jesus got killed for it. Right. Those 30 coins are used in some fashion in a supernatural way in this movie, just like they are in the 30 coins movie to cause some pretty crazy shit. Mm -hmm. And the creature effects in this are fucking scary. There is some CGI that they added to the creature effects that is a little wonky, but the acting is really good. The kills and the gore in this movie are fucking insane. It is a dark period piece, and I don't even like period pieces. And this thing just fucking is in. I was so into this movie from start to finish again. Mm hmm. Like, it is highly entertaining. So if you're not into that kind of stuff, give it a chance. I highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you loved it, right?
2: Yeah, I really liked it, too.
1: I was surprised because she... Because uh, I didn't know what she thought. Like, I thought she was going to hate it when we did the episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, here's uh, the last couple of movies. I guarantee you, Christina is not going to like these. But we're going to... I'm going to ask your opinions about them, too. So I hope okay. you will join me. Okay. We got Barbarian... And X and Pearl. So they're kind of all together there, guys. These I couldn't figure out. And I, if I had to pick one, I'd probably give it to Barbarian by just a little bit. Why? I think it's just weirder and more <laughs> crazy, like more uh, my speed.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
1: It gets into it about the same time the other movie X does. I didn't like Pearl as much as I liked
2: X. Where I didn't like X as much as I liked Pearl.
1: Exactly. So, but all of these, I'll just say, you know, if uh, we'll just put Barbarian at number one. So surprise <laughs> for me. I mean, but really, honestly, X and Pearl, which I think kind of belong together this year since they both came out this year, Um, I, I, I treat it as like one movie. It's See, like I
2: don't. I, they're so different though
1: yeah no, no no i'm not saying that they don't i'm saying i like x but if, for me to not mention pearl because i didn't like it that oh, much
2: oh i see okay you see what i'm saying yeah. like
1: it's definitely lower than i gave the score for x mm-hmm. so it might not even make the list but i have to include it because it's part of it
2: you better you pearl understand is, what i'm saying pearl was filmed like wizard of oz so
1: we'll just talk about x for a little bit ty west did this and I'm kind of um I like his films but I've never been like a super big fan of his right like I I like his films we've we've recovered him on the podcast multiple times he did the innkeepers he also did the house of the devil which we thought was pretty cool he's really good at kind of nailing that sort of era thing yeah and in x he does that sort of 70s thing with like uh crew of porn stars who are traveling to make a the next big hit of a porn film that is a story-based porn film, unlike today's porn films, which are just straight up fucking. Uh, they actually cared about the story back in those days. And so this is kind of like them going to a farm and uh, trying to shoot their last, their the biggest hit. And, you know, it's got a Tarantino-esque kind of vibe to it in the beginning of the movie. And it does take a little while To get going. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about an hour before things really kick off. Right. But they go to this farm to rent this farm, like side house off to the side. And there's an old couple that live at the main house. And one of the kids or and one of the uh, old couple is kind of creepy and kind of wandering around, wondering what's going on. And soon you find out that one of them is kind of murderous and like things start to go bad. Um, it's a very straightforward concept of a movie. It's not really heavily story driven and it almost feels like two different movies in one movie. Yeah, (laughs) almost. X does. But I really enjoyed a lot of the gore and a lot of the humor and a lot of the fucking deaths and just the really weird creepiness. Mia Goth does a good job in this film. She's not. She does a way better job in Pearl. Right. Like she could probably win an award,
2: but didn't she for do- her
1: monologue in Pearl? Do you remember?
2: Right. Yeah, I'm a star. Uh, but didn't she do both the characters in X?
1: Yes, but yeah. I don't want to explain that for everybody. You'll figure it out. Oh, she plays two characters in the movie.
2: Yeah.
1: For those of you who haven't seen it, I just have to be fair about it. Oh, I know. But I thought she did a really great job. I liked a lot of the characters in it. Um, I thought. I thought it was a good film. I thought it was a solid film. It was very different than trying to be this heady movie where it's like super deep and you got this twist and all this other shit. Like I said, this year has been just weird, bizarre movies that are somehow becoming really popular. Mm -hmm. And Pearl and X are those types of movies that are just kind of straightforward, weird, but somehow schlocky and fun and like combining all these different elements that normally people are like, oh, that's not really good acting, but they like it. Mm -hmm. And I really liked this one. I liked it more than Pearl. Like I said, Pearl is probably for most people, the better film. But for me, I really liked X more. Mm -hmm. So
2: makes sense. But
1: yeah, I include Pearl because I did enjoy it. I just didn't think it was an 8.5 or a Mm nine, you know, whereas X, I thought it was. That's more my speed because I'm more into the brutality and a little bit more of the awkward weirdness. Whereas like you look at Pearl and Pearl is kind of like a Broadway movie that is, you know, with a little bit of gore and craziness and has a really fantastic performance in it. But it's just not for me. Makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like you can give a movie props without taking away so many points and saying it's not, you know, just because you it's not for you doesn't mean it's not a good movie. Right. But the top two or three points is always for personal preference. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. But yeah, Ultimately, Barbarian, I think, is my favorite movie this year. That's kind of up in the air for me as well, because a lot of these films, I really just admire a lot of things about it. I rewatched Barbarian today, along with X, because those were the two movies that I was like, okay, these are the ones that are like very similar in tone. And
2: uh, you couldn't decide. I
1: couldn't. I just couldn't. I couldn't lay it down. But, you know, I think Barbarian probably wins it. Because there's some really fucked up parts in that movie that made me laugh. A lot of people were saying, no, 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 that movie's not that good. Why do you guys like it? I totally get it. It's an odd tone of a film because there's actually some pretty dark humor in the movie. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it's tackling some pretty, you know, big subjects that you probably shouldn't make jokes at. Right. But it's also written by the guy who did the whitest kids, you know, (laughs) so it may not be a parent humor like, hey, you get it. (laughs) But it's in there and there's no way that you can see what happens in that movie and not have a laugh or two at some of the schlockiness of it a little bit. It is a frustrating movie. I can see that for a lot of people because the girl does a lot of the things in this movie that you're like, yes, finally, someone's going to do the right thing in a movie for the first time ever.
2: That's what pissed me off about it because she, she was, she was doing all. Don't go like, too far. I'm not, I won't. Okay. She was doing, she was nice. She, you know, wanted to help people and she just gets screwed over again and again and again and again. And I just can't handle that.
1: I think, I think what I really liked about it the most is that all of the characters in it are so, specifically Justin Long's character being in addition to it, mm-hmm. puts the, puts the viewer in that moral dilemma again. I like that. I like that. I like when I, as a viewer, have to question my own faculties, my own morals, my own beliefs, my own ethics. And like, you know, while it's tackling kind of a serious subject and also being kind of schlocky at the same time, because that's a little bit of me and all that's everything about me. You know, I'm a I'm a sick fuck. I like to make a lot of jokes. I think, you know, I have a really dark sense of humor, as you probably know. And I have like, you know, a big serious vein in me that can't that really likes to talk about serious subjects as well that matter to me. Like, I I feel like I have an ethical stance in life. Right. So all of these things. Plus, I love fucking bad, shitty movies. And this has a little bit of all of that in there. You know what I mean? So I thought Barbarian kind of took me for a whirl like it like there's like three different movies in this movie. It's not your typical type of movie. So it's kind of all over the place. One of my friends who said, you know, do you think it's as good the second time as it was the first time for you? Because he's like, I watched it a second time and it didn't really hit me that good. For me, it did. Like I knew kind of what was going to happen in the movie, but I still had an enjoying like I still had an entertaining experience for what was going on. So, it, and it's just fucking dark and the ending is fucked up too. So it's like, I, I don't know. Like, it just kind of, it does it for me. There are some parts in the movie where I'm like, come on, what are you doing? Well, I just have to see for myself. No, you don't. That's like what every person says it dies in a horror movie, dude. Like, <laughs> So it is kind of trope filled, but it's still a lot of fun. And I really would like to. to, I can watch this movie again and again. X and Pearl might be a little less frequent, and that's what kind of made me kind of determine a little bit more, oh, is that okay. it, this 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 one feels like I would watch it more than I would probably X, even though I like the kills and everything in X, and I like the kills and shit in this one, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's pretty violent, you know? Um, But yeah, that's everything. Hooray!
2: Yay, 2022's over.
1: <laughs> Christine is so enthralled with this this episode, guys. Christina watched some fucking uh, TV shows. You want to tell them what you liked for TV shows? Because she watched more TV than movies this year.
2: I did. There was a lot of TV shows this year. But didn't you
1: promise them you were going to watch more movies this year so that you could... Did
2: I? I don't know. You
1: did at the end of last year.
2: Oh, oops. Uh, Well, whatever.
1: So she has a list of stuff that she wants to talk about.
2: Well, I watched House of the Dragon. That was probably my favorite. Okay. This year. These are not just horror,
1: by the way, guys. So yeah, no. So that was your number one?
2: Yes, and then Yellow Jackets was really good, and that's very horror-centric, too. Okay, So okay. You really need to watch that, because the next season's coming out in March. Well,
1: I watched half of it.
2: Yeah, you did. Why did you stop watching it?
1: Because I don't have time.
2: <laughs> right. Um. We There was Chucky season two, which we, we didn't get to. Uh, Stranger Things uh, was good this year. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, We watched fr- the show From, which we kind of liked. It was a good dis- distraction. It was, it's like a seven. Yeah. I don't think it got renewed, so I guess it really doesn't matter. Um, Something we've we been meaning to watch is Let the Right One In.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Interview with a Vampire.
2: Yeah, we hadn't finished that, but...
1: We really liked that, by the way. It's really yeah, fucking dark and it violent. It really is. It's extremely violent.
2: Oh, you know what we both enjoyed this year was Midnight Mass. That oh, was yeah. really good. I think that's coming out with another season. A lot of people season. didn't
1: like that one. I love yeah, that I main think... actor in it. The, uh yeah. And the priest guy was really good, too.
2: Right. Um. I watched a show. It's on Hulu. It's called Under the Banner of Heaven. Under the Banner of Heaven. I thought that was great. I was really obsessed with that. You want to tell them what that is about? That that one is uh, It's set in the 80s in Salt Lake City, Utah. And there's a murder and it has to do with the Mormons, <laughs> and the one of the detectives is is a Mormon, and he starts. Oh, it's qu- what's his
1: name who played Spider Man? Yeah, uh, Garfield, Garfield. Garfield. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, he started questioning his religion, and I I really enjoy that shit. <laughs> Isn't
1: it based on a true story?
2: Yes, it is based on a true story. Yeah,
1: she loves that shit. She likes culty real stuff. Yeah. Like like what was the what is the patch you got under your fucking purse?
2: Oh, uh, Ryan got it for me. It's a.
1: Uh, oh, that's right, Ryan.
0: Thank you.
2: It's a. Uh, uh oh fuck, what's it, It's a a Heaven's Gate yeah patch. It's which it's still exists by the Hev- way. Heaven's Heaven's Gate away team. I'm part of the away team.
1: <laughs> so mean. So fucked up. <laughs> so fucked up,
2: dude. Um, we had oh the boys was a really good season.
1: Uh oh, you also watched the Nexium season two.
2: Oh, I didn't finish that. Yeah, but it wasn't I as good. It's write the, that down.
1: the first one was really good though.
2: Yeah, the first one was really good. Uh, oh, Angeline, that was great. It was in the 80s, there was a, a girl, or 80s, and 90s, there was a girl in L.A. who who did the uh, all the the, the uh, billboards. She put herself up on billboards, and then she was also in Earth Girls Are Easy, mm. and it's like her story, and it was right. fascinating. I forgot about that, yeah. That show was fascinating. Which, by the way, that Blu-ray
1: is coming out, or is already out now. We need to pick it up, but we, we just haven't gotten it yet. I don't know why
2: yeah um there was cabinet of curiosities this year that was oh, really good so good um that what, was
1: probably my favorite show this year
2: yeah yeah uh wednesday uh of course came out this year we did. We watched the boys
1: ep- season as well
2: yeah i have mentioned that that was a great uh, season by Will- the way willow came out we haven't watched that yet. i did
1: i watched two episodes it's not good
2: no uh american horror story new york city we haven't watched yet no uh oh, the crown was really good. This this one. Oh, we serve it, which we still didn't finish.
1: Dude, that movie's the most blue ball fucking movie I've ever seen. Oh it's serve. T V show? show Yeah. It's like it's like lost in a house
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you're lost the entire time when you watch it. <laughs> what was that show where I fucking made that, that meme where what's it a...
2: it was that what was that Stephen King show on Hulu?
1: Salem or
2: ha- Castle Rock, Castle Rock.
1: Yeah, it was Castle Rock. Castle
2: Rock season one. Season one. one. Yeah.
1: It reminds me of that and Lost. Oh my God, that's so frustrating, dude.
2: You you know what was frustrating this year was the season of What We Do in the Shadows. I just could not get into yeah, it. It was not it, funny to me. The
1: thing is, is that What We Do in the Shadows is trying to throw too much shit at you at once, mm-hmm. and it's 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 um it's doing the the common mistake of everything we can think of is funny. Instead of like picking the best things they need. Right. to They need to kill their darlings a little more and make it not so in your face like it is mm-hmm. like the subtle things are what's funny about what we do in the shadows. And it's a it's progressively getting to the point where it's just absurdity, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, I can watch it. It's just I don't love it.
2: Mm-hmm. We had the final season of Ozark, which is really good.
1: Oh, my God. That wasn't my favorite season, but it was a good ending.
2: Yeah, it was a good ending. And then Moon Knight, you enjoyed Moon Knight.
1: Right. Lot. It got weird towards the end, though. I didn't like the ending.
2: Mm-hmm. But uh, we got um, The Last of Us comes out this week. Yeah. So that's exciting. The
1: 15th, so it'll be out here by the time you guys hear this episode. So, mm-hmm. f- oh, man, I might just do a whole like what I thought of the first season hmm And would you want to do that with me?
2: Maybe. I don't know.
1: You think you can watch it? Maybe. Are they gonna have all the episodes up no. right away? Oh, it's, it, one it's of those. gonna
2: be a one once a week thing.
1: Ugh, um I fucking hate that.
2: Uh Crystal Lake will be coming out on A twenty four for Peacock this year. That's right. Don't have a date yet though. Chucky
1: and, got a season
0: three?
2: Yep, Chucky has a season three coming to sci fi. Also, Welcome to Dairy comes out on HBO Max. That's right. We have oh, all the spin-offs for The Walking Dead are coming out. We got Daryl Dixon. Are
1: they, though? Because AMC was, like, talking about fucking closing up shop.
2: No, they, it's been confirmed that Daryl Dixon is going to be coming out the end of the year. Which we, then, by the way... We started... I watch-
1: needed a breather, by the way, guys, because I was watching so many movies a day that I was, like, getting kind of, like, angered. <laughs> so I started to watch uh, the... Uh, I started the started wa- The Walking Dead again. Yeah, the,
2: the season where we stopped watching. So we just kind of picked up, started watching. I watched five
1: straight episodes. I was so excited to watch something new.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was
1: like, oh, God.
2: N- new but familiar. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Something that I can just kind of slide into an easy boy and drink a beer and watch. You know <laughs> what I
2: mean? Uh, just one last thing. There's a, on the 26th of January on Paramount Plus, there's a show coming out called Wolfpack.
0: Okay. That's supposed
2: to be about wolves, and Sarah Michelle Gellers in it.
1: Really? So
2: we'll see what that.
1: Uh, I wonder. Is, is it? Is probably going to be. It's probably. They're probably probably going to be in that weird Buffy tone. Yeah, uh, it's
2: like it'd be like a CW show. It's dude, on Paramount I'm Plus. I'm sorry,
1: but like I just I was never a Buffy fan. Um, I
2: understand.
1: I, I, I was a. I was. I was. I understand people who like it. I'm not trying to put you down. It just was too canned for me. Did- it was
2: it wasn't our it wasn't for us but i do remember you liking the teen wolf show
1: i did like the Teen wolf show yeah, i thought that I was think all it's right it's
2: gonna be more like that serious yeah i
1: like the movie buffy the vampire slayer movie that made more sense to me humor wise oh well that made more sense to me humor wise you know
2: right well that's completely different than the show
1: what are you looking forward to
2: i'm looking forward to yellow jacket season two because elijah wood's gonna be in what it what about
1: yellowstone us finishing up Old Man or
2: Yellowstone. We didn't even watch Yellowstone. But everybody's I mean... been
1: talking about it. And we never got to see it.
2: Well, I want to finish up Interview the Vampire and I want to start Mayfield Witches.
1: Oh, that just on hit Shudder. Oh, yeah. It's on Shudder. The Shutter. first season, so did Chucky, by the way. So if you guys haven't caught Chucky season one, all Which of that's we on Shudder.
2: Yeah. We, need
1: to go we did like Chucky. That was that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they, I know they're selling the season two and one on Blu-ray right now. But one of my most anticipated, what are your most anticipated movies that's coming out this year? I don't have any. Y- you know mine.
2: Uh, Dead Rice Evil Dead Rice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I saw the trailer. We saw the trailer. When we went to see Megan and I was so excited. I was like Which a little, I was like a little kid, man. Yeah. That'll always get me every time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I really, really hope that they don't fuck this one the up. The
2: trailer in the theater was way better than watching it at home.
1: It gave you better tone. Yeah, it- You know, like a a more bigger perspective of how it's going to feel. And I don't think it's just going to be, you know, in one apartment. You know what I mean? I think it's going to, like, you know go through the whole building. I think they're really intentionally kind of, like, trying to make it seem smaller than it is so that when you watch it, it's, like, feels it's bigger. I hope. Because if that's the scale of the movie, it's probably not going to do so well. I agree. Yeah? Yeah. Because it kind of looks like it could be small. And I think people really want, like, an all-out fucking crazy... Evil Dead movie we'll that see. like goes wild.
2: Whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to put any expectations on it. I just want to go see it.
1: Yeah. I wonder what you, this year's gonna be like. Like, are we gonna like have that thread of like Megan movies where we, you know, are we getting these weird barbarian slash X slash like all these like movies that are just like weird? Like the menu is a really quirky fucking movie. You know what I mean? Like, but it's mainstream. That's mm-hmm. it's just kind of bizarre to me a little bit. You know, most of these movies they 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 try to go for like. Remember, we were on that like sort of too many heady movies where it's like too serious all the time. And then this year was a little bit more kind of wilder, right? Like it was unexpected, right?
2: I guess. I don't know. There was a lot
1: of films that were heady, but I think we're kind of I think we're kind of transitioning out of that a little bit. Like it may be just a little overwhelming because it seems like every like Two out of three movies is going to be one of those like metaphorical sort of like, you know, really have to sit down and think. And I think it's wearing down on me a little bit. And I kind of just want to see some straightforward horror, you know, and like mm-hmm. stuff like Evil Dead, you know, more than I do with those movies. I love those kind of deep meaning movies. But when you watch a hundred of them in a year, they start to kind of blend together. Right. And you just don't. I don't know. You, does that make sense? I guess you don't like slow burns. You call them slow burns. But I I call them like, I don't know, art house films or whatever, which I like. I don't hate them or anything. But anyway, guys, I would love to hear your favorites list. If any of ours hit your list, if you agree with me on some of the points that I had for some of the movies, if there's any shows that you should uh, that we should fucking follow. Maybe we'll do like uh, like we did for fucking uh, Lovecraft Country like we did, because that seemed to do pretty well for us on YouTube or whatever. Maybe we should do that with like the fucking The Last of Us or something like that. I don't know, you know, but really appreciate you guys support this year. Thank you guys so much. If you donated to the podcast or helped out in any way by sharing it like this episode to your friends, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being a part of what I am extremely passionate about. It is really you guys that just keep me coming back to do it. So I thank you so much for just listening and just, you know, being a friend and just fucking being here and enjoying what we do, because it's what I want to do is just find new movies to talk about with you guys. So Christina, thanks for a great year. I, thank think, you. I think this is one of our better years that we've had, maybe not in numbers, but I think it's uh, I think it's been a good year. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making it work. Thanks for putting up with me, in other words, Christina. (laughs) But yeah, guys, we got a whole new year for you. We're going to try some new things, get some new guests on. So be on the lookout for that. If you have any ideas for us, you know how to reach us. But other than that, thank you so much. And as always,
2: long live the void.